Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Our Tottenham TV, and this is the live phone-in show after the Tottenham Hotspur 2. Brighton 1, absolute humdinger at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We've been doing the watch-along here. Josh has taken leave of absence just because it was so stressful. Spurs winning with a 96th-minute goal from Brennan Johnson, who was brought on for Deki Kulisewski about 25, 30 minutes before. And just for a little while there, after a terribly poor first half, Spurs got back into the game early in the second half and then just for about 10-15 minutes that Tottenham Hotspur midfield of the first 10 games controlled the game for the first time. It was Bissouma and it was Madison with Porro and Udogi and they were all playing the ball around together beautifully. Pat Matasar as well before he was taken off. And then we just sat back and let Brighton back into it. Brighton are incredibly impressive today and unlucky not to get at least a point, possibly even three points. But in the end... The class told, and that was Hung Min Son. James Madison got the ball in uh, the kind of middle of his own half, plays through Richarlison, who gets a bit of space, running at their defence, and Sonny makes a beautiful run outside Richarlison. Richarlison plays the perfect weighted ball to him, and Sonny looks up and sees Brennan Johnson making a late backstick run. He roofs the ball into the net, and the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium went absolutely wild. I'm sure most of you have seen the game. It was a difficult watch at times. Spurs have been a difficult watch over the last five or six weeks, but getting across the line is the important thing. Getting those three points, and we found a way to do it. Don't forget, guys, if you're not already a member of We Are Tottenham TV, sign up to be a member. Press a like on this stream. We want to get those likes up to 1,000. We're currently at about 820. And also, if you want to see more of me, my page is in the title, at Barnaby Slater underscore on YouTube, where I do my daily Spurred On podcast. If you like listening to podcasts on, say, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can also find me there. Just type in the Spurred On podcast into your search engine. But it is, as I said, the post-match viewer call-in show. We're going to have a few of you on the line in a few minutes to discuss that game. I want to talk first just about a few of the players who impressed me, starting with Mickey van der Ven and Christian Romero. 
tight at the back, putting their bodies on the line. In the second half especially, clearly uh, Christian Romero asked to be a little braver with his passing, and he found midfielders in between the lines and found some of those passes into the front three, and that enabled us to break Brighton's press that we frankly really struggled to do in that first half. And the first half, I have to say, was you know, at best a 5 out of 10. It really wasn't very impressive whatsoever. But anyway, let's, uh, let's get some people on the line. Let's talk. First of all, who have we got? Oh, we've got nobody. I've gone too soon. I've gone too soon. So I've talked a little bit about the centre-halves. Mickey van der Ven as well as Christian Romero. Very impressive. I think without Mickey van der Ven at the moment, we'd probably be about seven or eight points worse off than we are. And uh, they both impressed me. And I just want to give a little kind of shout-out to uh, Eve Basuma, who I felt in his little cameo, 20 minutes, kind of showed that level of confidence on the ball and taking the ball in tight areas that we weren't really able to do in the first half when Rodrigo Bentacur was on the pitch. Bentacur unfortunately got caught on the ball at least a couple of occasions in that first half. And uh, the, certainly the first time it happened led to the penalty that van der Ven gave away that led to them scoring their first goal. Um, but when Bissouma came on, I really felt like he was at his confidence best, confident best, and hopefully that can continue. I, I can see an uh, Arian from where I am. Arian, can you hear me, mate? Yeah, I can just about hear. I'm going to turn the TV up, mate. How are you? You're in your racing chair. Good to see. Let me know your thoughts <laughs> on that game. Um, pretty good. I think, honestly, I think it's kind of been uh, exaggerated how bad we were. I think we were, in my opinion, is we were terrible for about 10 minutes in both halves. Until we conceded in the first half. I think until we considered we were woeful and we deserved to go down. And in the second half, I think when we scored for about 10, 15 minutes, we were woeful. Besides that, I think we actually played quite well. I think in the first half after we conceded, and sorry if my voice is screwed up, I, I was screamed a lot after that. No, so is mine, mate. I've got nothing. So, yeah, uh, I'm struggling a little bit. But, you know, I think after we went down for that first half, we, we, we looked more than worth a goal in that first half you know lewis dunk made some incredible like blocks and, and all that I, th I think there was definitely a couple chances we had in that first half and, and brighton gave it away to us several times to create an opportunity for charles honestly it, it wasn't the best first half of his life he could have on a different day he could have scored a couple in that first half alone so i don't think we were as bad as people are making you know, i think the result in that first half being one nil down was you know um clouding a lot of people's judgment on how how good or bad the performance actually was. And then the second half, uh, I can kind of say the same thing. I think we were absolutely brilliant until we scored. Absolutely brilliant. I think it was some of the best football we've played uh, all season since uh, before the Chelsea game. Um, and then when we scored, for some reason, and I was screaming at my TV, the, the thing that really annoyed me was nobody was running. It was for about 15, 20 minutes, not a single player sprinted once. And it was the strangest thing I've ever seen from an team because it was lazy. And I don't know what really kind of spurred them on to change. But after around the 80th minute, I think we picked up the intensity a little bit. And uh, obviously, we ended up creating that goal, which was a very, uh, very good goal. Madison with a brilliant pass, finds his son. Um, or finds Richardson, and it's uh, Richardson finds his son. And Brennan <laughs> is the open net. But the, I, honestly, I think the strangest thing that I wanted to focus on was that weird spell right after we scored where we just didn't sprint. Nobody was running at all. It was, it was, it was, it was so bizarre. 
I don't know if it, it was almost like, and I don't think they were because I don't think Android ever do this, but it seemed like they were instructed to do that because of how few people were actually running, and it was it was ridiculous. I don't, I don't really know what went wrong there. No, it certainly seemed like a bit of a throwback to kind of Conte and Jose ball where we got a goal and then suddenly we sit back on our 80-yard right. box. I think maybe there's a bit more to it in that, and I said this in the Everton after the Everton uh, game last week, where we kind of almost got that goal that we wanted so badly. So just our little effort, our effort levels drop off kind of three or four percent. And at the same time, Brighton's mentality changes and they really moved back right. into that. They really moved back yep. into that um, mode that they were in at the start of the game. I'm intrigued by what yeah. you're saying about feeling like we played well other than kind of 10, 15 minutes either half. Did you not feel, though, that throughout the game that Brighton were beating our press significantly more easily than we ever were with theirs? Um, not particularly. I, I think I think Brighton are so, you know, some of the best ball-playing you know, just team in the world, let alone the league, right? They're they're an, they're an outstanding. That's what, that's what they do the best, right? Mm -hmm. So, it it doesn't come as a surprise to me that it's difficult to press them. They're a very press resistant side, but I think uh, as soon as they really got you know next to our box, I I wasn't really that threatened, barring that one miss uh, towards the end of the match where I think it was Ansu Fati yeah, just glaring Fati, miss. Yeah. What a chance um, but, but besides that, I really did not feel like that threatened when they approached our box because they're they're good they're a side that builds up very well but i don't think they had much talent going into the, in the final third i don't think matoma was on it i don't think um welbeck is much to rave about to begin with and he wasn't very good either um and you know i, I can't even tell you he was playing on the other side <laughs> that, that, that's that's really how uninspiring i think they were i think their biggest threat was Tarek lamptey um so you know <laughs> there was really nothing about that uh, Brighton attack that made me kind of uh, nervous, and that kind of gets reflected in their open play expected goals, which was about like 0.3, I think, and that's just that one miss, or 0.4, or something like that, whereas we had about quadruple or quintuple that, right? So um, we we had, I think, a significantly better uh, game going forward because we were we, we were putting them under pressure. They were suffocating a lot. You know, uh, there was a moment where they wanted to bring on Evan Ferguson a bit earlier, uh, but they scrapped substitution and then they had Joel Veltman uh, warming up and then they ended up bringing on both. But you could tell they were suffocating. So I, I don't think that. Again, that's what I'm saying. I think I think because of kind of how bad we were when we were bad and the fact that we were behind and or sorry, not winning for 96 minutes of that game, it kind of clouded a lot of other people's judgment of, of how we played. Because I don't think we actually, I, I I think it was actually a pretty decent uptick in performance. Because when we were good, it looked like we were back to our best, in my opinion. Yeah, but also you did say that at times you were screaming at your TV. Oh yeah, I'm saying I think when we were bad, it was some of the worst I've seen. It was it was, it was kind of a game of, it was it was it was very bipolar Tottenham today because. When we were good, I think again, like I said, we're back to our best. But I, I've never seen the intensity drop that low this season. It was, it was shocking in that second half. I was screaming. That's why my voice is like this. Yeah, I'm hoping that Big Ange will kind of show them a, a replay of that and, and ask them, you know, what what led you to I'm kind sure of stop pressing in that in that 15 minutes. I'm sure. I'm um, sure. Which players, which players, kind of really impressed you today, Mario? That second <laughs> half, I think. Probably the the most hard done player was Kulusevski. For 15 minutes, he looked like a man reborn, absolutely. And he created that first goal. That's sorry, ended up scoring. He was absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal. Kulusevski. I think Romero had a brilliant game today. Romero was outstanding. Um, and besides that, I actually don't think there was too many standouts. Not because anybody was bad, but because no, like, or nobody was like 
I think Romero was probably my man of the match today. I, I, I'd say it that way. I don't think anybody else like stood out to me the way Romero did. I think his passing was on point. I think he was brilliant defensively. You know, he couldn't do anything about that penalty, and he wasn't the one who conceded it. Um, I think Star, you can you can definitely give a shout as well. Obviously, he ended up scoring the goal. Um, glue to our midfield, as as uh, you know, a lot of people have been saying in the in the right. And one player I kind of want to shout out. Um, I think he was one who had like a bit of a bipolar game, like I said, but a lot of people are kind of have been piling on him, which I thought was weird, but I think James Madison was excellent for the most part. He was excellent. Both goals came through him. He, he created, yeah. I'm sorry, no, uh, so the second goal came through him primarily, and he's created some absolutely brilliant chances. Uh, and there was a few moments in there where I was kind of thinking, why are you doing that? Whether it was some disciplinary stuff because he was like clapping the referee um, or just some silly um, stuff like, you know, just some stuff. Obviously, we all, we, we all judge our judge players on our TV. I think there was a couple moments, but I think by and large, James Madison today looked again like he was getting back to his best. And I think that's kind of the reason we were looked like we were, got, yeah, we were getting back to our best. I think a lot of the performance kind of relied on him. When we were poor, it's because Madison was poor. But also when we were excellent, it's because Madison was excellent. And I think he was excellent for most of the game, and that's why we won. And is it? I, I'm intrigued to ask you your thoughts on on Bentancur's performance then in that first half in the kind of first 10, 15 minutes of the second half. First 10, 15 minutes of the second half, he looked like the player that played against Aston Villa, and then the first 45, he looked like the player that's been playing the past few games where he looked average. But in that again, kind of like Kulusevski in that second half, he was reborn. I think he was outstanding again. Uh, was constantly winning 50-50s. Um, just looked kind of like the player where, you know, you're going to 50-50, you go into a duel, you're thinking he's going to win this and he's going to bring us forward. And that's what we needed in that half, and that's why we got that goal. And then that triple change kind of – maybe the triple change is also part of the reason we, we had to kind of adapt. I think that might have been part of – you know, they had to pick up the speed of the game, and that's kind of one way I didn't actually look at it until I mentioned that out loud. But, you know, I think Bentoncourt and Kulusevski were kind of – I think Bentoncourt makes sense because he's still clearly hurt. But Kulisewski, I think, was really hard done with that change. But I think Benson going that second half was outstanding. Okay, Josh, any any questions you have to ask, Arian? Arian? No, kind of echo those thoughts. It's exactly what I was saying on stream, isn't it? So yeah. just basically, I wouldn't have taken Kulu off. I totally agree with you. And everything else, I agree with Benson Corr looked much better in the second Arian, going yeah. forward into um, the Wolves game next week, what, what kind of lineup do you expect Ange to go for without assuming everybody's fit? Oh, I don't. I would not want to be Ange picking that team right now. That is a very tough team to be picking. Um, I think I'd probably give Bentoncourt a rest just because I want him to get back to full fitness. I think he has to get back to it. You can you can tell that he's not fully there. So I'd bring in Basuma, Sar, and Madison. That's my midfield three. Um, and then I think as pretty decent as Werner has been, I think he has to hold the bench here. And I think you got to go with Kulisevsky, Richarlison and Son. Keep it simple. Yeah. We know what works, and our best football has been played with Son and Kulusevski, and maybe even bring in a, um, yeah, Son, Kulusevski, and even Johnson on the left if we want to try it out that way, but I think Wolves a bit more physical side. We're going to need Richarlison's physicality, so I think Kulusevski and Richarlison can bring that kind of physical element that, you know, like a Brennan Johnson and Werner kind of don't have. So I'd keep, I, I'd keep it, it simple um... that way. It's funny how whenever someone likes a player, they're rested. And whenever someone doesn't like a player, they're dropped. Because I would have said, it's not that I don't like Bentoncourt or anything, but I would actually be dropping him for the next game. Because 15 minutes is not good enough. Um, over the course of the whole game, he was poor. 
So yeah, I'd, I'd be he was Kasuma's yeah. taking his space rather than me yeah. arresting him. He's getting dropped for me. Do you know what I mean? Well, the reason I'm I'm saying drop is because I think his uh, performance levels, which are low, are because he seems unfit. That's yeah, the reason. Yeah. If he was just playing yeah. like shit, I'd say he's just shit, right? But um, I, I don't think like because. We came back way earlier than any of us were quoted on that injury, and you can tell, mm. right? You can tell. We, we we expected two months out. The guy was back within three weeks, yeah. and mm. it, he clearly seems off the pace. And we need to. And ankle ankle injuries are, are, are tough ones to heal. So I think we have to give him time. That's why I'm I saying rested. Yeah, and I think an important thing to remember with Rodrigo is that he never had the preseason that the others had in terms of learning yeah. each other's positioning yeah, chemistry. So, you know, that maybe when I talk about, I was impressed with Basuma's little cameo might be just because Basuma and Madison have played together more. So they were able to kind of find each other a bit more little, little things like that do make a big difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Ariane, mate, thank you so much for calling in as usual. And we will speak to you after of next course. week's wolves game. Take care. Yep. And as always, Come on, you Spurs! <laughs> Top man. Top man. Just going to read a few comments, uh, Josh, as I see them. Kevin Hillman says, Kulu was brilliant today and Brennan was terrible, but he scores the winning goal. Smiley emoji. <laughs> um, the Ugly Truth says, Matters just came back. We expect these players to, to perform like robots. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. You, you can't expect people just to be at the top form as soon as they come back from injury. I thought Matters had a good game as well. Anybody who uh, anybody thinks differently, I don't agree with because... Matters is the one player is always showing for the ball. Mm -hmm. that, the reason the other players don't do it is because it's not easy to do that. Yeah. It's not easy to consistently come for the ball and show for it. That, the example I'll use is that way uh, one way came and got the ball on his own 18-yard line and their centre-back came all the way with him, mm -hmm. Van Hecker, and Scissor tackled him because he was so keen to, to get the ball off him. The other thing on that is p pure personality. How many times have you seen Madison lose the ball? Lots of times. But it doesn't. You don't really get on his back as much because he's got the personality to keep doing it over yeah. and over again. Whereas, play. You know, I'm not going to single out any players, but other players don't have that personality. Yeah, because uh, it's it's basic psychology, basically, isn't it? It's like, well, you can't get shouted out by the fans if you don't lose the ball, right? So that's why I'll play a easy five yard ball there or an easy five yard mm. ball there. But if you're consistently running 40 yards to get the ball and try and play brave passes in between the lines, you are going to give away the, away the ball and therefore you're at risk of the fans getting on your back. Yeah. But the reality is because we're Tottenham fans especially and we want players to be brave yeah. and to dare is actually if we see you being brave and trying to be positive and front foot all the time, then we won't get on your back. Yeah. It's kind of almost counterintuitive in a way. But anyway, uh, Aaron, I see you there in your Spurs shirt. Can you hear me, Aaron? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yes, very well. Mate. Where are you, Aaron? I'm at college in my dorm room right now. Um, and where is that college? <laughs> uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, near the Harrisburg area. Um, nice. Yeah, Fran Pennsylvania, fantastic. USA. Um Guys, that shows that you can call in from absolutely anywhere, anywhere in the world. Aaron is in a place I've never heard of <laughs> in a state I've never been to, and he gets to call us up and talk to us about Tottenham Hotspur. Aaron, what did you make of that game, and how are you feeling after that last-minute ecstasy winner? Um, I feel like I played the game because I am exhausted. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, nice. I, I was, I'm always one of those, like, I scream, I yell, I'm cussing at the TV screen. Um, yeah. And uh, luckily, my roommate uh, went away for the weekend, so I wasn't annoying <laughs> him. Um, but I didn't think we were going to get uh, a late winner. It didn't look like we were going to. 
it just seemed like Brian was just having possession all the time and that we were lucky if we were going to get a tie. Um, but I, w- I was ecstatic after we, we scored that. Um, I personally do not like Richarlison. I think the only thing he can do is shoot. <laughs> um, every time, like it, especially in the first half, every time he received the ball, decision-making was wrong. Um, his passes were weak, slow-minded, didn't know what he wanted to do with it, and mm-hmm. cost us a lot of goals. I would think because if Sun had that ball, you know those balls are being played faster. You know the yeah. decisions are going to be made there. And if a two-inch pass away is going to actually get there. Um, there were lots mm-hmm. of chances in the first half where it could have led to easy goal-scoring opportunities. I think Werner had a pretty weak game as well um, mm-hmm. overall. Um, Johnson, I, I like Johnson when he came on. He's He's fast, he's aggressive, and his spatial awareness is great. We've seen it twice now in the last few weeks. Where he's he's just there, when where we need him to be, where maybe some other wingers don't really know where they need to be, um, but yeah, I'm. It's one of those games where I don't think we played great, but I don't care because we we won. It was one of those games where I don't care how we win as long as we we needed these this three points. We exactly. couldn't play the game like we did the last time we played them, and I don't, you know, I think the players weren't playing the Ange way. A lot of the game we didn't come out in the first half aggressive like we usually do. Um, mm-hmm. But, and that's something they definitely need to work on against for Wolves next time. That is going to be, they need to definitely uh, attack, press high, because Wolves will just, if we play a low block, like it seemed like we were doing most of the game, um, Wolves are just going to eat us all up. It's interesting you said um, about Richarlison and Son and how much better Son would be in the like nine position. The problem we have now, now that Son's back, is if we do play Son in that nine position, who are we going to play in the left? Like, do we stay with Werner or do we let Richarlison go back out there? Because using that winner as an example, right. I pretty much I feel pretty sure that I, I don't feel overly confident that in that pressure moment in the 96th minute that Werner would have found that cross. Well, he scored. Well. He did. He did do it a few weeks sorry, ago. Not I know scored, he did. Sorry. He, he made did do it, it a few yeah. weeks ago. But but this is like literally a pressure moment, 96th minute. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what yep. I mean? Like that's a, that's a real. Yeah. That's a real elite mentality, top-class player thing to be able to put that on a plate for Johnson. Mm-hmm. And so for now, I think I'm happier keeping Richarlison because I think Son will make chances for Richarlison. But it is an interesting argument. And also, you know, it brings up that question again of whether in the summer we will be looking to buy a striker or not. I honestly would go Kulu on the left and, and Johnson on the right. <laughs> I know it's very unlikely. Or, if you must... Put Johnson back on the on the left and put Kulu on the right. I think that we should go back to what was our best attack during um, I think the first ten been games. Poor whenever he's played on the left, to be honest, I don't I don't think he has the belief out there really. Fair enough, but you know he had some good moments against Arsenal. He, he had some good early season moments. When Richarlison yeah. played on the left, he made. Do you remember the assist for Son against Liverpool, Liverpool outside yeah, yeah. of his boot? Agreed. You know, he, yeah, he yeah. did okay out there, um, and and his pressing in the nine though is is incredible and I, I like that side of him for sure and they can interchange I suppose yeah. Son and Aaron yeah. do you think we'll be looking to to bring in another striker to threaten Richarlison's place in the summer I can only hope so um I I, I want us to I definitely think we we need because I think Sun out on the wing is definitely is actually really good for us every because he can actually make those crosses into the box like I know, hundred. If Richarlison was on that left side trying to pass the ball, and it's not going anywhere. No. Um, yeah, yeah. I know Werner. Like, and I agree. Like, if Werner. I know he did it a few weeks ago, but like, this is a much harder pass to make. There was a lot more pressure. Um, 
it needed to be spot on and yeah. and you need a, a top class player like sun to do that and, did you guys hear what Anne said um, about it by the way no what is and and said that was a world-class moment from a world-class player and a world-class pass okay. so everything you're saying is what Anne and said basically yeah. and he said it's so important to have sonny back but sorry carry on aaron and knows paul aaron actually yeah. i was just going to say so who who else kind of impressed you uh in today's game who who kind of stood out i think sar uh was was pretty uh was pretty solid um i think romero was uh, as a lot of people said was solid in the back uh mm. i don't think our fullbacks um were were where they needed to be yeah. today um poro and udogi udogi's been kind of off the last couple weeks anyway um he i mean he was the reason why that brentford game was as stressful as it was in that second half with that poor giveaway yeah. um and uh pedro poro i mean I, I mean he's has he has speed um he can defend but i just think today he he wasn't on top of that um maybe because in the second half he was he looked like he he was struggling there for for a good 20 minutes yeah, I thought um, he, I thought he actually dealt with Matoma defensively pretty well, but he he wasn't much of a threat yeah. going forward. I didn't feel. Yeah, right. agreed. Yeah. But Our, I, I they, do think he had a injury, didn't he? Like like Aaron said, there yeah. was something going on. I there. hope not, because I don't want to see Emerson Royal. Start <laughs> well, it's no offense. I love. Oh him. I God, love his, I, I love not. his vibes. I love his vibes, but <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see right. him. I don't Emma Goat. We can't deal with another injury again. <laughs> No, no, we're just getting our injuries back. And so, Aaron, in talking about, you know, hoping that we buy another striker, do you have any names in mind of players that you would like to see Tottenham going for? Ooh. Um, like, would you go for I, I can't Tony think of any off the top of my head. Um, would you go for Ivan but, Tony at Brentford, for instance? Because he's going to be available. I, yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely look at it, um, especially if they, if they can sell it at the right price. I would, I, he's not a player I would overpay for. Um, if it gets to the point where you're, he's costing too much, I'd probably just go for someone who's more, who's more world class. Um, yeah. But mm -hmm. I think we definitely need someone who, uh, who has who has speed, is technical, can actually help in the in the build up play as well. Because like yeah. with every time Rotrolis is up front, he's useless in the build up. He's mm -hmm. absolutely useless. The only thing, like I said, the only thing he can do is shoot or head the ball into the net. But every time he passes the ball or is trying to move off the ball it, it, it sometimes it's horrific to watch um yeah and we need someone who's who's very who's like technical as son but has like the speed of johnson or uh or even van de ven <laughs> like describing some, someone who can like Aaron. exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> um but also someone who who we can like kind of like what we did with uh dragushin where you know young we can get him for a good price and who will become a who should become a really good uh player Mm -hmm. um instead of someone who's like who's older but we're only going to have for like maybe a couple years or so um yeah so yeah. i think tony is definitely uh it's definitely one we should definitely look at and maybe a few others that uh may pop up um here or there that uh we notice what did you we found ourselves um shouting quite a lot at pierre emil hoiberg when he came on the pitch today i wondered what you thought of his yeah. uh, performance after he was brought on um I didn't even agree with him coming on in the first place. Um, I thought it was a. I don't. I don't think he's been good in the last few weeks. I don't think he was great today. He's just. He's slow. He's weak on the ball. Um, it's just not. Not someone we really. Really. I think he's more weak-minded than anything because he definitely has the, the body strength to like nudge players off the ball. But he. He's just very. I think he's very weak-minded and very. Very similar to Richarlison. Very slow to make decisions. Um, I. 
but I think for today, I don't think I really noticed him that much. Um, I don't think he, he benefited. I don't think he terribly hurt us too much, but I don't think uh, he benefited us at all. He was just kind of just there. Um, yeah. I wouldn't even even know that he was playing. Um, I think that's how we did today. Yeah, I want to bring up just one more thing before I let you go, Aaron, because it's been talked about in the comments a fair bit. Brennan Johnson didn't really celebrate when he scored, mm. and there seemed to be a little bit of anger there, and there's some discussion around whether that's because of the abuse he's been getting from various corners of the Spurs fan base. Obviously, there was a an Instagram post he did a few weeks ago where he turned the comments off, which is a bit of a telltale sign. Yeah. Um, what are your feelings overall, Aaron, and and you, Josh, as well, on you know the kind of reactive nature of Tottenham fans or football fans these days, and kind of abusing players in public, and you know, and when I say abuse, I don't mean you know constructive criticism about something you could have done better on the football pitch that day. I mean like literally, you know, DMing people and and tagging people and abusing them and saying that they should, you know, death threats and get out of our club and stuff like that. I let Aaron go first. Yes. Yeah, um... I I think uh, like I can't even say that's a passionate thing. That's just a ridiculous. Um, like no one should do that. I don't care if you're rivals with someone. Um, mm -hmm. You just don't. There are certain things you just don't say. You just and Johnson's young. Like with this whole young generation, it, it can affect the hell out of you so yeah. much that I mean it gets to the point where you don't even want to show up to practice. You don't want to show up to games. Um, growing up as a playing soccer since I was four. It happened a lot um, in the area that was like just this constant, constant uh, parents fighting with one another, parents and coaches and all all this like that doesn't help the team. It only hurts and it affects the performance on the pitch. And I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's just bullshit. I mean, all of it. Um, mm -hmm. It shouldn't happen, especially like there are older players who can like just say, I don't care what you have to say. But these yeah. younger players, they're they're trying to prove themselves. And if the entire yeah. fan base or a lot of the fan base or even just one person says something that's vulgar towards them, something that's unnecessary to say, um, it, it just affects you mentally. And because I think Johnson is a, is a good player. I think he's he's I, there, there's definitely something that he's not the best he could be right now. But I think in a few years, he's he's going to be really, really good. He has yeah. he has the potential. Uh, unlike the, some of our other youngsters that we've had over the years that have just like Agreed. turned into nobody. Um, he actually has, he scored goals already. Yeah, I mean, like I said, his spatial, as well. his, yeah. exactly. His spatial awareness is just, <laughs> it's just on, he knows where to be. He knows where mm -hmm. to be to get the goals. Um, and then he just, he has lots of room to improve, which is good. And that's what we need. Um, I just want to chime in there. All, Sorry, you carry yeah. on. Um, yeah. Um, but I think like this vulgar stuff is just, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it's, yeah. It's sickening. I don't care who you are. You don't say that to anyone because no one, no one deserves that. I um, I think he was just not celebrating because he thought it was offside. I simply, I, I think, I think a lot of <laughs> we were confused, weren't we? We were yeah. like, "What's going on?" Like, uh, yeah. so I, I don't think that he was not celebrating as a point just, to the Tottenham fans. I family. just assume that every goal we score is not going to count. Yeah. So I don't really. I don't no, but the thing is, agreed. The 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 couple of weeks ago, the comments off. Also, the really bad abuse was actually before the last goal, which right. he celebrated. So right. why would you then go and not celebrate the next goal? Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so that's point. what my thoughts on it. Anyway. Okay, good point. Aaron, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for phoning in. Just before you go, one last thing. What what made you support Tottenham from all the way over there in America? Uh, well, I, 
it was one of those things where it just happened one day. Um, <laughs> I turned on the TV. This was like years and years and years ago. Um, I was like 13, 14 years old. I turned on the TV and I saw some of, of the American players at that time. Mm -hmm. um, that's what made me uh, turn, so up, like turn it on. Dempsey and, like, Dempsey and yep, DeAndre Yedlin. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, it. oh, this is great. And then I just love the atmosphere. And then uh, ever since then, I've been following them nonstop, passionate. Um, my parents don't understand it too much when it comes to <laughs> uh, my big support. Um, my dad's been a soccer coach. Um, oh, nice. He coached me my whole life. Um, but my brother and I on days like today, like he's a Manchester United fan. complete, And oh. um, and him and I don't get along on, on weekends. <laughs> um, but nice. uh, I wouldn't... I, I wouldn't mind them beating a Villa tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah be that's I'd true. like to take that top four spot. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Aaron, look, yeah. thanks so much for calling in. Yeah. Do call in again uh, next week after the Wolves game. It'd be great to chat to you again, mate. Thanks so much. Oh, I will. Take care, Aaron. Thank you so much. You too. Oh, man. Okay, guys, let's just do a few more comments. Uh, great caller there, Aaron. I don't think I'd spoken to Aaron before. Or if Same. I have, then I've forgotten, which is my fault. Um, but I don't think I have. Uh, Starcrow says, no, Richie was terrible on the ball. Needs to work on his passing. Kayla Main again, thank you for commenting so many times, Kayla. Um, I feel bad for Johnson. Anyone who says abusive shit like that isn't a fan. Yep. Why would someone play better after that? It's true. Why would someone play better after that? I mean, one thing I'd say is, you know, and it's my ability to try and take things with a pinch of salt, I guess, is what the internet and social media has created is an ability for people to have a voice who previously wouldn't have a voice. Yeah. And actually, a lot of things that they say are just trying to get reactions um, and you know it's easy for me to say because i'm not the professional footballer being told how terrible they are but um mm -hmm. you know i'm sure a lot of it is that kind of thing pc matt says richarlison always needs clear tapping chance to score he can't dribble through to make a chance on his own he always takes an extra touch before he touches the ball get the pigeon out of the club i don't really agree I with that wanna, one, either, josh like the, the crazy thing is i was so anti richarlison like for the first half of the um the season mm -hmm. And like now I've warmed up to him. I feel like the whole face is like with one game going against him. I, I don't think that's fair, to be honest. I think the thing for me that I've always said is I have Everton family and friends who love him and Watford fans loved him. And I've seen enough kind of highlights of him at those clubs where he can score goals that we're not yet seeing him score. Though last week we did. Last week. He's but the he only is, reason we got He's always got had that ability to open out and put it in that top corner like Sonny does. But he just, be it for his injury or the fact that one of the key things that I said last week, I'll say it again now, is I really feel like he is the kind of player who needs to feel like he's one of the main men, like a main man. Yeah. And I think while Sonny was away, he yeah. realised that he properly was the main man. Yeah. And as a result, you know, he scored in pretty much every game and he scored the best goal he scored for us. So he's definitely got it in us, in him, sorry. Yeah. But we need to um, keep supporting him so that he continues to have the confidence in which he can play his best football. Fair enough. Let's have a, a read through some more of these. Um, uh, let's have a look. Hold on. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Okay, Robert Hardy. The guy in the chat who thinks Johnson not celebrating as some kind of protest is based on nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I just think it's... Dunno23 says, that's what strikers are supposed to do. Most of Ronaldo's goals are tap-ins. This is uh, answering to someone saying all Richarlison's goals are tap-ins. Tap Rude van Nistelrooy only never scored outside the box of Man United. And to be fair, I think Gary Lineker in his entire career, just going back a few years, but a, a Tottenham legend who was in the team the last time we won the FA Cup, he only scored one goal in his entire career from outside wow. the box, I believe, which was in his last game for Spurs at Old Trafford. Fair enough, but Lineker could actually lay off a pass. Uh, I don't have enough recollection of Lineker's hold-up play to... I mean, look, oh, I've probably lay, watched about four games of his. can lay off a pass, <laughs> but it's just sometimes it bounces off him. I think there's another thing we need to think about a bit more, which is how blessed we were, and it's important that we remember how blessed we were to have this player... Don't who, say his name. ...who not only Do was not a number nine, name. but also a number ten, and was probably, over years, our best number eight and defensive, you know, set-piece <laughs> oh, set player pieces. as well. He, was, he <laughs> so, literally was world-class in... Every facet apart from speed. That's yeah. it. Everything else he was world class. Strength kick taking. And currently, <laughs> uh, and currently, although the last free kick he took for us, he put in the top corner. God. But um, his team, Bayern Munich, currently losing one. Come nil. back. Are oh, they? To buy how how Spurs would it be for Leverkusen to win their first ben Bundesliga when he gets there and he doesn't win a trophy? Can you imagine that? Uh, yes, I can. I can imagine it. Um, so. Uh, yeah, spicy comics. Abuse should not be tolerated in football. Respect should be given to those who give their best on the pitch. I think we all agree with that. Um, PC Matt, though, is going from a different angle. Richarlison has no pace, composure, ball-striking ability for an elite striker, and it's fair enough. If you think he's a player you can count on, you should never be complaining about titles. I think that he is a great bench player. That's my thoughts on it. Well, yeah, but, you know... I am not sure whether at the amount of kind of uh, the budgets that we will have to spend, whether we are going to be able to buy a player who, in terms of plug in and play, plug and play, will will score nine in nine games or whatever. Mm. Look, yes, do I think I'd be excited at us buying a young, exciting up and coming number nine? Sure, but you but you you spend that kind of money on players like thirty million on up and comers, they're not going to slot in and immediately score goals. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and we're not going to spend 100 million or more on Evan Ferguson, and he doesn't play every game for Brighton anyway. He, he's been poor since that hat trick, to be honest. One thing I read earlier this morning 
Troy Parrott is interesting PS behind Ivan and Ajax because yeah. he's doing quite well yeah. over there. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes back in the summer, whether Ange likes the look of him. Um, Sammy, are we threatening to play in... Yeah, why don't we play in um, Big Ange's press conference and yeah. uh, we'll have a little chat about that as, as we haven't got any questions. Would you make the performance? No. Can't hear yeah, please. Not um, talking to you. Uh, no, yeah, can't hear uh, so just to let you know at home, guys, Big Ange has done a press conference, but at the moment yeah. we aren't able to get we the just, sound. But well, we need to hear it. As Josh, well. what do you think about the people who uh, talk about Big Ange not looking journalists in the eye when he uh, speaks <laughs> to them? Don't you think that's like the most bonkers thing ever? Where they're just like, there are people who just like tweet in. They're just like, it's disrespectful not yeah. to look a man in the eye. <laughs> No, I don't. Like, no, he's just thinking, so he says the right thing. It's yeah, obvious. and also he's, um, although he's, uh, what's the word? You know, he comes across as quite a masculine person. Um, he clearly has an anxious cough. I feel like. Have you heard? You know that cough? Have you it's ever a heard? Nervous of, cough that yeah. comes out in. in press exactly. Where so he's worried about saying the wrong thing. I think. Yeah. Exactly, and some of the strongest men in my life have had um, anxiety. Do you know what I mean? So my point is that, like, you know, he's not looking them in the eye because he's he's got. Five million people watching him at that moment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So. Right. So, Sammy, I, yeah, I can see from the comments that they can hear it at home. Um, I'm going to upload it to the channel quickly. Okay. Okay. Can, um, we can watch it on YouTube. Okay. Nice. Or you can WhatsApp to me if you want. I don't mind. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, you know, Wolves at home next game. Mm. Gary O'Neill will set them up, I think, to be pretty tight. The, the away game was. We got that early goal, didn't we? Through Brennan Johnson, and then just imploded. I remember feeling at the time. You're going to say the exact same thing that I'm, I'm going to say. Sure, about I remember you. feeling at the time that I was disappointed that we didn't just hack the ball forward in the last <laughs> five minutes. But then also, people got on Eric Dyer's back for playing the ball down the line. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, kicking, I remember. Yeah. Kicking it out. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the benefits of today, one of the few positives, was that I didn't have to have that last 10 minutes uh, having a meltdown where people were commenting last week, oh, Barnaby's having his usual last 10 minute meltdown where we're winning, <laughs> which I do do because I find it difficult us trying to play football around and losing the ball high up the pitch when, um, when, we're, when we're winning. Mm. Um, but yeah, do you, do you see Spurs having, you know, we've got a week to prepare for the Wolves game. Do you think we'll, we'll control Do you know what I was we'll going to say? What I was going to say, this is slightly off topic, but... When we scored that first five minute, what was it, the fourth minute goal against Wolves? Yeah. I said to myself, maybe we're actually title challengers, you know, <laughs> because yeah. I thought everyone was um, injured and I thought we were coming out and making a statement that we're not going away, even though we collapsed under Chelsea and all that. Yeah. Um, and then we just went and threw it was away. It but anyway. straight after Chelsea? Yeah. Straight after Chelsea, we go up the other, uh, do you know what I mean? Straight away and score away. And I remember this uh, group chat that I'm in with lots of other supporters going, oh, they're already 1-0 up, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think it should actually be an easier game. I do think it should be an easier game because we, um, if we play the right players and we have Basuma on the pitch, we have Madison on the pitch and we have Kulu on the pitch, those three are key for me, um, yeah. we can break down that... that uh, that low block they're going to do. It's not really a low block. It's a kind of a mid block, I suppose, from Wolves. Yeah. But um, they're not going to be as high pressing as Brighton. I don't feel like we're going to get past off the 
passed off the park like we did today. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to it slightly more. And it's at home as well. We have to, be, although we didn't beat, um, I remember during that Conte run in when we were going for top four against Arteta, thinking if we beat Wolves, we're assuring for top four. And then we drew against them, right. I think, didn't we? Um, James Madison told uh, TalkSport that Ange Postecoglou gave Spurs a kick up the bum at half time <laughs> to make them uh, perform better. I'm just trying to find some of the quotes from uh, Ange's press conference. Uh, obviously, maybe worth talking about, actually, um, Ange was pretty um, forthright on his opinions on this potential new blue card yeah. that might be brought in, right? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the way Ange described it is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I love how he just speaks. Did he um, just say it would ruin the game? Yeah, he said, do you know what that's going to do to our game, mate? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could do an Australian accent. I can't. Um, and, yeah, I totally agree with him. No, no one's going to play any football apart from maybe Man City. When you go a man down and you yeah. know that they're coming back in 10 minutes, it's different when you're a man down for the rest of the game. If you're a man down and you know they're coming back on, you're just going to uh, waste time until they do, aren't you? Yeah. Um, got a little uh, super chat here. Simon Kerwood just says, long COVID concerned. I mean, what is he talking about? My about illness? who? Doesn't say. Maybe so, me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, should say, guys, as ever, do call in if you're a member. We're waiting for some more callers. Do give us a call if you're a member. If we don't get any more callers, then we will stop this in a bit. Obviously, it's been a great day, and maybe you're all out getting pissed like I want to be, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, not able to at the moment. Um, oh, maybe they're talking about Ange's cough. Yeah, Simon Kerwood uh, says Ange's cough. Yeah, that's a good got point. It, got it. Long COVID, long COVID, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, do give us a call if you're able to. Thank you for the super Shall chat, Shall I go Simon. through um, Ange Postcoglu's quote on today's yeah, match? Yeah, you do that, and I'm just going to briefly go to the toilet while you do. No worries. Okay, yeah. Okay, so Ange said, pleased with getting the win, and I thought that we probably deserved it in the end for our endeavours. Uh, fair to say the first half wasn't great. Part of that is because Brighton are a good side, obviously. Uh, they're well coached and very disciplined, and we weren't. Uh, we just took a few liberties in our, with our football. Our effort and our work rate, uh, there were a few things that we have been really good at this year, but we just didn't do it in the first half, which I totally agree with. I think that first half was awful. Um, as far as like beating the press, uh, being aggressive, uh, winning those 50-50s, everything that me and Barnaby were talking about. So... Uh, and then he goes on to say, I thought the second half was a lot better. It's always difficult when you're chasing a game because the opposition can catch you on the break. Uh, but I thought for the most part we handled it well and I'm pleased. Uh, what else did he say? Uh, we had guys who could come in and make an impact in the game and that happened, which is true. We haven't had the feeling of having quality on the bench Um for such a long time this season. I'm trying to think back. Because even, you know, back to those first 10 games, we didn't have a ready-made replacement for Basuma. I rate Bentoncourt much higher than uh, Hoybier, and it's just a different feeling having that kind of quality to bring off the bench. I'm hoping Basuma starts next game. We really get back into our rhythm. And... Bentoncourt is then against tired legs in the last 25 minutes of games instead where his physical attributes can actually make a difference. Um, so, yeah, I'm a lot more positive. We have to do the business against Wolves, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad. 
Um, okay, so should we play the press conference? At the same time. What, so that I do it at the same time? got an advert going so this is um this is pure technology we're showing you guys here where we're gonna play it on my computer <laughs> and at the same time you guys are gonna hear it okay hold on so mine is about to start playing are you ready yeah okay click play. play now so i didn't end with the endeavors but fair to say first half wasn't great um <clears throat> part of that was because brighton are a good side you know they're well coached very disciplined and we were it's the nervous cough yeah we just took a few liberties with the football and <clears throat> Our effort, our work rate, there was a lot of things. <clears throat> Thank you for waiting for us, guys. But if any of you had phoned in, we wouldn't be doing this, frankly. But yep. we're going to play the, the press conference starting in three, two, one, go. Did you make the performance? Yeah, pleased. Um, yeah, obviously pleased with, with uh, getting a win. And I thought, um, <clears throat> you know, probably just, just probably deserved it in the end with the endeavours, but. Better say, first half wasn't great. Um, part of that was because Brighton are a good side. You know, they're well coached, very disciplined, and we weren't. Um, you know, we just took a few liberties with our football and our effort, our work rate. There was a lot of That's things. Exactly. We caught it. Been really good at this year. We just didn't do it in the first half. I thought the second half was was obviously a lot better. Uh, makes it difficult when you're chasing a game because the opposition are always. You know, capable of catching you on the <coughs> on the break, but um, I thought for the most part we handled it well, and I guess um, pleasing that um, you know we we, we kind of had guys who come on and make and make an impact for the game, and I thought that happened. Yeah, very important. Um, I said, um, yeah, I think the beginning of the year, fair to say, we, we we won a few games late because of that. And, yeah, we have that capability now, putting guys on who can make an impact, and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, I thought they did today. But, but it also keeps guys on their toes if they're not performing, and uh, gives me some options. Thanks. <coughs> just uh, how much did the team draw on the, on the last game against Brentford when you're in a similar position? One nil down to keep going and get the, get the goals. Today. Yeah, look, I, <coughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't question the, the guys' sort of character mentality. We, we've done that a number of times this year, but yeah, you know, like I said, I, I was real disappointed with the way we went about the first half, and you can't get away from that. And uh, you know, we, we you know we've got to this point because of certain things we do, and I was disappointed we went away from that. <coughs> but um, yeah, you can't question the character like that. Yeah, it's so. positive. It's very easy in that kind of scenario to, to sort of go in your shell or. Feel sorry for yourself, but I've never felt that with this group. I think they always respond in the right way when, when sort of given that sort of guidance. And you know, I felt they took it on board in the second half, and, and it made a difference to the game. Well, it should be, and you know, I said um, the press conference that we've got that platform, but you still got to do it. You know, and maybe we were guilty of that. Maybe we thought we'd just roll out there today because we've got a strong squad and things that happened. But you know, there's opposition out there, and I said Brighton are a good side, and um, you know, we we didn't have the right mindset. And doesn't matter what kind of players you got, what kind of squad you got, if you go away from <clears throat> the important things 
that gets you to where you are, then you know it it's kind of becomes meaningless. So. I don't remember that. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, as I said, I think bit of a let off the second half was was better, and that gives us a little bit more of kind of um, impetus and momentum to keep going. And um, as I said, it, it, I guess it keeps everyone on notice because we do have options now. Yeah, look, it, it's you know, I mean, I. I wasn't trying to be flippant the other day, but it is. I mean, if you look at all my teams historically, they've always done that because kind of the way we approach it is that, you know, the 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 clock and, and, and the scoreboard shouldn't dictate how you play. So if that's your mentality, there should always... We should always be looking for goals, irrespective of sort of whether we're winning 1-0 or losing 1-0 now. Sometimes that that kind of feels counterintuitive when you're winning one nil, but I think it helps you in games like this when you're chasing the game because really you don't have to change anything. Hundred percent, that is why it's so important. Players know all this. A draw would be lovely. It doesn't mean a major shift, and I think if you're trying to you know become a team that's dominant and wins games of football, I just felt I'd rather err on that side than sort of try and protect things that you have. Yeah, but I think they were rubbish last year, most of the year, and they still got results. You know, I mean, I'm not really sure what you know. Confident, I, you know, I was putting on some good players that which and guys who can make an impact. Um, but again, they've got to do that, and um, especially in that sort of midfield front third, we've been pretty limited lately in terms of what we can do, um, just to give us a little bit more energy. Because obviously, you know, like I said, Brighton. We're doing well, but they're working really hard to stay in the game, and you know they're going to get tired. And then the fact that we could bring on at least two attacking players who are going to be a threat, and you know it, it, it maybe looks simple, but you know that ball that Sonny plays, you know that's a world-class player who, in a clutch moment, finds the right pass. You can't do that if you can't bring him on. If it's somebody else, you know, and and even Brendan getting on the far post, we worked really hard for, with him to do that. So, <clears throat> you know. I, it's not about confidence. I feel like, you know, with with the squad we have at the for today and hopefully moving forward, is that you know Hopefully we have that ability, irrespective of where the game's at, to finish games strong. Mitchell, I want to see Deccan Madison in the middle. Oh, no, I don't think so. I mean, Destiny went off. I'm not sure if it was uh, cramp, um, but everyone else was okay, as far as I know. Sorry. Was that about Mitchell? Oh. Destiny, I think. You've got Sonny back after a lot of games. Was there any worries about fatigue for him, or was it always your intention to bring him on in the second half? No, that's we're worried about fatigue. That's why we brought him on in the second half. So you know, he was ready to play, wanted to play, but you know, they. If you look at, you know, their two of their games went to extra time. Um, last game was pretty draining as well. So <clears throat> the fact that. You know, we had options. I mean, if we were desperate, he probably would have started. But the fact that we had other options <coughs> meant we could protect him. And I think it was better for him that he kind of came on and, and played the minutes he did. Dan, last one, please. Andrew, come to expect it from Sonny. But after the disappointment he had at, at the Asia Cup and with very limited time, as you say, to deliver it at the moment he needed it, that's, that, that's what a captain's all about. Yeah, and, and look, he's... Maybe the nation he plays for works against him, but I, I think he's a world-class player. You know, you, know the, you look at his record in the Premier League, the toughest league in the world, and um, you know he's 
his you know, goal contributions, irrespective right, of how the team's going through the time he's been here, he's always been right up there. Right, I Even this year, you know, yeah, before yeah. he left, I think he was probably the best attacking player in the competition, just my opinion, obviously, but uh, <clears throat> certainly he'd be up there. And obviously he's a world-class player, and uh, I thought we did well to cover his absence. You know, Richie obviously, you know, stepped up <clears throat> in terms of goal threat and a few other players, but... Yeah, to have a world-class player back uh, for the run-in is, uh, yeah, is brilliant for us. OK, thank you. Thank you. <coughs> Donny, yeah. um, it's easy to forget how much a difference there is between certain players in terms of making the correct decisions at the correct times. And, uh, and yeah, he said about it being clutch, and it really was a clutch moment. And uh, it, it is great to have him back for the run-in, actually. Agreed. You need to wrap him in cotton wool, make sure that he's uh, he doesn't get injured or anything. What what did you make of, of his his press conference? He's just always pretty honest. I, I, there's, it's such a far cry from Conte, where it was just all about game playing. Yeah, he just says it as it is. And um, just to stick on Sonny there, that is why I do call for him to start through the middle. I'm not saying like obviously he did well from the left there, but mm. his best output has been through the middle this season I think he he scored the most goals in those games as a, a striker if that makes sense yeah. um, so I kind of do want to see him get back to starting in the middle because he's our only world-class player that's where he's been best yeah so I want to maximize him um, on the press conference like you say it's, it's hard to kind of unpack too much because he's such a straight talker <laughs> Ange, isn't he and literally yeah. just says it how it is and you find it hard to disagree with anything that he's saying what i would say is on sonny again it's just clear there's a different twinge in his voice when he talks about sonny yeah. he loves sonny doesn't he he loves the fact that he's got this world-class player and he understands that um he's so vital to anything we're going to do moving forward yeah, Star Crow has said, I think Kulu and Madder's midfield would be too attacking with Abyss or Bentenker in the six, and Hoiberg only plays well as a sub. We did have that second-half turnaround against Brentford because he went more attacking. I can see why he didn't really today because maybe we'd have been too open, but I do wonder whether against a Palace or someone he might risk it with a, a proper six and then two, you know, then a Kulusevski. I actually know... He won't because he loves Saar so much. I wouldn't I start where, them, but I'm saying when we're yeah. chasing games, I would consider I think it. where possible from here, he will probably just try and play... Um, Basuma Saar. Basuma Madison. Saar Madison. It's the, they it's have the players. They have chemistry. Yeah. Um, guys, I'm going to give you one more chance. Phone in. If not, we're going to close this one up. But listen, more importantly than that, how good is it to have the rest of our weekend knowing that Spurs have got three points... <sighs> Aston Villa versus Man United tomorrow. Chelsea, I think, also have a difficult game on Monday. Not that they're anywhere near us, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Arsenal play tomorrow as well. Hopefully they bottle it. Where are Arsenal playing tomorrow? Um, someone easy, I think. It's well, West Ham, actually. West Ham, West Ham away. away. Declan Rice returning. Yeah, and of course, last season, they were 2-0 up at the London Stadium in the run-in and then conceded two goals. And they lost at the London Stadium uh, earlier They've this season. They've lost twice this in, season in to the West Carabao Ham. Cup. And then also, um, West Ham got stuffed in their last game, didn't they? Yeah. So Moyes will want a reaction. Yeah. So you just don't know. You just don't know. Um, that would complete this weekend if they Sean lose. Lynch says, Barnaby, I have to say, was so negative all game. Unrealistically negative. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, I, I, I disagree. I wouldn't with fully that, Sean. disagree. What I'd say is I, I just got very frustrated <laughs> 
I, I got very frustrated at our inability to keep the ball as well as Brighton were able to. And I read something actually, um, uh, I think it might have been from Invert the Wing. Do you follow him on Twitter? He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Outspoken yeah. kind of football coach. I actually like him. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. I don't care. It what might have been him. It might have been Harry Brooks. But one of the kind of coaching guys said that one of our problems is that we're, we're so narrow and don't spread the field. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. When we are keeping the ball, we're easy to press because they know to press is all very narrow and there's not really an out ball yeah. you can keep it. And I don't know, I just found that frustrating. I do feel like against a team like Brighton, we should be able to keep the ball as well as they do. Yeah. Um, and we weren't able to in that first half. But maybe I was overly negative because certainly I would agree that in the second half, other than that kind of 15 minutes that you've talked about, um, we, we did really wrestle back the momentum and the yeah. control. So I'm, I'm never afraid to receive feedback. And of course, football is a subjective thing. And, you know, I just desperately wanted us to win this game. Same. And now that we've won this game, I do feel like it's a real foothold into a position where we can maybe over the next couple of weeks, three weeks or so, really ram home that top four, top five position. Hopefully. And then, you know, and then go into that, like, you know, obviously the the Villa game, but then into that April where we've got those four matches against those teams above us, where we can, where Ange can just say to them, if we get these points before then, he can say to them, no one's expecting shit from you here. Yeah, exactly. You go and take points off these teams and get some wins and, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, just on that quickly, is it four teams? I remember that we have Newcastle in there that we thought at the start of the season was going to be up there, but they're not. Well, so isn't it Liverpool, Arsenal? Yeah, but it's games where it's like Newcastle, Arsenal, Liverpool, City. And oh, also, is it City as well? And then yeah. also the Chelsea game will be rearranged for some time around then as oh well. Oh my God, what May. a tough April it's going to be. Wow. But um, yeah, I totally agree. This was the big one for me because... This was the one where we had the excuses. This was what the one where Son couldn't start and he's got the, you know, going home from the Asia Cup heartbreak. Mm. Basuma's coming back from malaria. He couldn't start. Um, we've had to play players that we, you know, everyone's saying we've got a fully fit squad, but we didn't have a fully fit first 11. Yeah. Next week, we should have everyone with a full week of training behind them. Hopefully no training injuries or any stupid things like that. Hopefully we have everyone back and I'm hoping that we can start playing the football we were before. And I think today the result was more important than the performance for me and it always was. So I'm yeah. glad the result came well, through. Guys, we've given you just about an hour. Yeah. I hope you're all out in the pub having a great time, enjoying that last minute win. It's always an amazing feeling getting the limbs of a last minute victory, especially at home. So long may it continue enjoying your weekend of Tottenham Hotspur loving. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 